position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Bustling Games Podcast, episode number 296. Being recorded for you late on this Sunday, uh, the 28th of June. I gotta get my glasses on. Where the fuck are my glasses? Um, 2020, at 22-1600 hours. I make it, you know, 10-16. Left coast, coast of the most. West coast, west side. Uh, crack engineer, Ivor Molina. Oh, shit, we just lost our cap. Over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Ah, uh, that's a good idea, Ivor. And that would, of course, make it for our sequel friends. 2020, uh, what, 06, 28, 22, 16. Um, <coughs> we have a I know that we're, we're late this week, um, Oh, Ivor, you're fired. Uh, but thanks for the whiskey sign. That was a good, good move there, Ivor. Whiskey. <laughs> Confluence of bullshit, horror, and uh, problematic pain has assaulted us this week, which is what has been well one of the one of the many interlocking factors that has kept us from our usual punctual schedule. Ivor, you're fired. Did I mention that by the way? 
You're fired. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's get straight to our top stories. We have a lot of stuff to cover because number one, first top story, ba-bam! The Steam Summer Sale is now raging through, I think, July 9th. Um... June 25th through July 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific Coast Time, left coast coast to the most. Um, that's the most, number one, most important thing. This summer sale is almost as good as the first summer sale that we covered. There are more fucking games this summer sale than that are good than uh, yeah, I don't know. I would say this might be the best Steam Summer Sale since at least since the first. It, it, that's 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 fair. The first one that we covered. The first one that we covered was a fucking nightmare. Um, the discounts are steep. The titles are numerous. The quality in general of the titles that are on steep discount is ridiculous, add to that the recent partner formalization and partnering with uh, Electronic Arts which open, which has opened up the Origin Thin Client via Proton, via Steam via Proton um, to us lowly Linux users uh, flooding us with an influx of titles quality titles the likes of which that I used to dream about um, along with some stuff we'll get to very shortly makes this a very tough sale to cover we will have more about more regarding the summer sale our picks for you on Friday, next Friday the 3rd of July the sale runs till Thursday the 9th of July um, I have a whole list of shit that like I already want to talk about, you know, great deals and stuff, but fuck it this is the other problem we're running this show right now without our crucial iPad because it got smashed it fell off of my table and I'm going rapidly insane because it's where I do all my art and if I don't do at least like three pieces a day in general I start to go crazy and then like three days into that I start to go really fucking crazy and we're going really fucking crazy right now on top of that we have a feature for you this week we do have some limited limited picks uh which we'll get to in a moment but um, first and most importantly, we have to cover some technical things that uh, we discovered, as mentioned in last week's episode, uh, courtesy of BPR Blaster PR. BPR is the man. Um, oh, and by the way, our feature this week is a full review of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was another thing that held me up all fucking weeks. I've every time I thought that I was about to beat the game, there's like another five of fucking hours of that of that game. Um 
I logged 34 hours in it, and uh, yeah, we, we have lots to tell you about in our full review of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Is it for you? Is it not for you? Runs great on Linux, with the following fixes. So, everyone who's tried to run Origin thin client games uh, via that they've bought licenses for and installed via Steam to use with Proton on their Linux boxes has experienced not everyone, but me in particular, and this is true across the board, almost for all of the games that I have tried with the Origin Thin Client, and this this is all fixed now, I'm going to tell you how to fix it but there's been this weird stuttering in almost all of them it's not quite frame skipping it's not quite frame loss it doesn't really show up on it's just this this weird I thought it was like a memory leak and it kind of is a memory leak but anyway, courtesy of Blaster PR, BPR, as mentioned in last week, you gotta install Feral's amazing game mode thing, which unlocks um, the CPU governor and the GPU governor and devotes it and devotes all of those, it unnices any process that you run it with. And it's very easy to run with after you get it installed, you just go to the properties of any game that you want to run it with and add a launch parameter inside of Steam, and that would be game mode run space uh, percentage command uh, percentage. And then hit enter. Then inside the game, you have to switch off any uh, frame frame limiters or GPU governors, and several Origin games have them built in. But, <coughs> but even with <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to die I've already fired um, even with that optimization which unlocks and focuses your entire setup on running that game that's what Feral's game mode uh, package does, and you can find the instructions for how to get game mode and stuff from GitHub uh, on in the this week's show notes, along with a list, if we don't get to it, because I, 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 we're late, and I want to push this out as soon as possible. And you know, who the fuck cares about um the greatest deals right now? Because you're still combing through them all. It's next week when you'll care about the the greatest deals, because that'll be the last week. There'll be like seven days after that. But I, I've already picked a bunch of games. But anyway, the bottom line is this. If you've been having problems, okay. So the games that I was that I was having specific problems with with uh, the Origin Thin Client were Titanfall Two. Every one to two ish seconds, the game would just stutter. It wasn't like a frame loss; it was just a stutter, and it would happen, you know, until it would happen intermittently until eventually it would get up to like one to two seconds, just constantly. Other games that I had pro- this problem with were Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, Battlefield 5, especially Battlefield 5, um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and uh, uh, a whole bunch of other Origin Thin Client games. So I dug deep and I researched the fuck out of this, and I found out that if you change, I wrote a script for this to do it automatically. The script doesn't actually work that great because my bash escape sequences uh, and the the ever, you know, 
what do you call it? Um, my bash is a little rusty, but I wrote a script for it, and I'll post. I'll um, fuck. I probably should post it to GitHub, but it's such a simple script. Anyway, the bottom line is this: to fix if you are if you like myself are experiencing performance impacts that are aleatory but persistent and are strange and difficult to diagnose via the games that you've installed via the Origin Thin client or installed and run via the Origin Thin client via Proton or via uh, uh, Steam client to run through Proton what you have to do is you have to go to the uh, inside of the prefix for the game so this is at the compat data and this is this whole tree structure I always forget because I don't know windows and so like what you have to do is you have to go to that prefix you have to go inside there so it'd be like compat data you know the steam slash the steam id for the game like 1192753 whatever slash pfx for the prefix then uh, drive underscore c then a whole bunch of other directories because then you're like in the fake windows stuff you have to get to the Steam user um, path, which I'll put in the in the show notes for this week, and then you just need to change the permissions for the origin folder inside of that you know fake drive that's running you know wine and it's the wine prefix that you know Proton needs um, to five 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 because here's what's happening it, and. I'm amazed that more people have not complained about this because it's such a simple fix. Origin starts writing files to that directory and they are weird temporary files and it starts to write a lot of them. It writes many of them. And that eventually starts to make the game itself stutter. Um, once you change that, the Origin directory inside of your prefix, once you change the permissions to 555, which is uh, well, let's see, what what is it? Uh, uh, read and execute. Read is one, right? UGO. User group other. Uh, yeah, read is one and uh, execute is four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so in octal it's 555. User group another only User group and other can only read and execute from that that folder. There's no so far I've not run into I'm running mid19.3 by the way. So far I've run into no problems with it and it fixes these games that would otherwise be unplayable because Battlefield 5 eventually in the single player becomes unplayable with this bug. Origin just wants to write all of these stupid files there that do nothing. I'm guessing that they're like either performance things or temporary files that it doesn't ever recall. It's got to be like some sort of logging system or something. It's my guess. Just a hypothetical. Because it doesn't have any impact on on how well the game actually functions. It does have a huge performance impact. And literally has taken a game like Battlefield 5, which eventually became unplayable for me. And now turns it into a perfectly playable game. It's not a perfect fix for everything. It's not a panacea, but nothing is. Um, and it did make it 
so that I would say the performance impact uh, in terms of just at least in terms of our review this week for Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was a 50% improvement in overall performance. It made the game I was going to beat this game regardless of whatever performance problems I was experiencing. Um just cuz I love lightsabers and it's well we'll get to that game in a, in a moment. But it is a thousand times more enjoyable. It is it's it is it most people regard the game as I played the first 25 hours as being unplayable. I called it playable because it was playable. It didn't crash, but it was herky-jerky and there there was lots of problems. All of that was gone. Almost all of it was gone. It it eliminated 90% of the persistent performance impacts and you can see that in our video of the week, which is in our show blurb for this week's episode. Um, yeah. So the permissions fix is actually really important. I might, if, I'm, if I end up being up all night getting drunk, um, I might post it to my GitHub. Because, like, weird thing with me and GitHub right now is all of my software, first of, first of all, lots of the logic that I've written has been specifically for businesses under various confidentiality agreements and stuff um you know where it's not necessarily proprietary code but it's stuff that they didn't want anyone else to really have and they didn't really necessarily want me saying anything about that stuff and then all my business dried up and you know all that shit's like you know blah ancient history at this point but because of that I used to run a GitLab on one of my own servers. GitLab is one of my favorite projects ever. Um, but all that's gone by the wayside now, and I'm looking at migrating some of that stuff to GitHub. I have a GitHub account and shit. Um, but for something as simple as this, it's kind of embarrassing to have that. It's always embarrassing to have this be your first thing that's on GitHub when I have huge... I have hundreds of thousands of lines of code. <laughs> it does all sorts of things. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that, that that's that's a that's a me thing. Alexa, stop. Sorry about that. If you have an Amazon Echo, my bad. Um, but I wrote a script that will, if all it takes is a uh, the Steam app ID, and then it just assembles your path for you, and then patches it, patches the permissions, because I can never remember and once you're in the drive C of, you know, the wine prefix, or whatever, or the, the proton prefix, which is a wine prefix, but it's a proton prefix, because proton generates it for you, so that it can run handle the wine, um I can't ever remember where the fuck on Windows, is it application data, is it, is it which user is it? Is it users? Is it under is it next directory users? Is it Steam? You know, blah, 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 blah. And so this thing just smushes everything together and, you know, blah. But it doesn't, it, there's, I'm having a problem with an escape sequence because my bash is rusty. Um, so I might end up posting that and someone will fix it. Blah. Okay, so those things are important. Now, because because my iPad is bro broken, we don't have an actual rundown. I had to do a rundown in a sketchbook. And it is a blank page, except for the sidebar where I keep all the games that we're going to talk about this week. So, 
here's just a list of the games that I was going to talk about this week. Uh, Titanfall 2, which I've not beaten, but you must play multiplayer and you must join our network. Um, it is fantastic. It is phenomenal. Especially with the above the previous two fixes that I've mentioned. Um, Satisfactory is a game that I've been meaning to talk about now, but I keep getting buried under, you know, all of these fucking games. Satisfactory came out before, uh, or EA, EA and Valve announced their, you know, come to Jesus moment, you know, between each other. Uh, Lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Um, and we still haven't talked about Satisfactory yet, which is hilarious because I, I love that game a lot. I'm looking at my Steam client is open right now. Sea of Thieves now runs, which is not an EA game. That's an Xbox Live arc, uh, Xbox Live game that I've lusted after for a long time. It now runs fine um, on Steam. Tron 2.0. I got Tron 2.0 to run. You have to download uh, DLL, but that's again not an Origin Thin Client game. But just in terms of Origin Thin Client, um, fuck. There's so many games. Battlefield 5, Titanfall 2, which is amazing. Campaign is short. Buy it for 10 bucks now if you want it uh, to play multiplayer. And it, it's an older... It's an older code, so I was just about to clear them. Yes. You should clear them. You should get it. You should play as much of the single player as you wish. I know that Jeff Jeffy Wise finished a single player in one sitting, but he's very fast. He also finished Doom Eternal in under 24 hours. Logged like 15 hours in the game. I was blown away. Mm unlocked everything too which is crazy <sighs> um but then there's Mirror's Edge Catalyst which you can get for 10 bucks too um Hades now works again using Glorious Egg Rolls uh Proton uh 11 5.11 which just came out uh, a couple of days ago Hades is fantastic. It's a roguelike. We we haven't even covered Desperados 3, which is a brand new game. And I think you can only get for full price. We mentioned, we didn't have a chance to mention that you could have gotten Injustice, uh, Gods Among Us, Ultimate Edition, the uh uh Superman versus Batman fighting game with Wonder Woman and everything, all the unlocks. Uh, it's an older code, so again, WB Games. Um for free. Uh, but you can't anymore. So instead, we're going to talk. Well, we were going to talk about Injustice Two, but we have a whole fucking review that we have to get to. And Battlefield Five, Sea of Thieves, Steam Star Sale, Satisfactory, Titanfall Two, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, and then some. Some of the deals that I picked up have been just great, like Blood Bowl, Death Zone, Blood Bowl Two, uh. Yakuza Kiwami uh, 2, Sonic Generations, which is a dollar, Furious Angels, which is, I haven't gotten, I have not had a chance to play Furious Angels beyond, like, the initial, like, 10 minutes. I played for 6 minutes. Um, it's a super fast-paced, uh, interesting sh- Asteroids-like, top-down Deme, uh, 3D shooter normally right up my alley, but no! I've been playing cards and trying to beat fucking Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I've done. And uh, tonight, later on, if I'm still awake and alive and sane, I'll be playing Sea of Thieves, which 
I ran into some problems with uh, in terms of my Xbox Live shit, but I just created a fucking fake account and away we go, and it runs. That does require Glorious Egg Roll's um, most recent uh, fork of Proton. But, uh, so yeah, there's tons of fucking games out there. Fucking Sonic Generations is a dollar. Jeff, Jeffy Wise uh, sent me a text message this morning. I gifted it to him last night when I was drunk and stoned at like, you know, fucking 7 o'clock in the morning. He texted me at like 9, like 10 o'clock in the morning. He's like, this game is great, but it's a study in horrible camera angles. I'm like, it was a dollar. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5 is, you know, six bucks right now, or five bucks, something like that. Um, Mark of the Ninja is even on sale. I think it's nine dollars. Mark of the Ninja Remastered. One of my favorite games of all time. All sorts of fucking games, but I have no capacity to control how this show is gonna run until I get my iPad fixed, which will happen on the 3rd of July. God willing. Uh, it's still under warranty, though. The screen just shattered. I mean, completely shattered. At first, I thought it was just the ballistic glass cover that I use on the screen, because that's normally what breaks, but no, it's actually the bezel that holds the screen in place uh, in one corner just landed exactly wrong. I thought it landed flat on its face on my tile floor, but no, uh, it completely shattered the entire screen. I can't use it for art, and because of that, and because I run a Linux-only shop, I had to. It took 14 hours for my Windows machine to finish updating itself so I could back up the iPad before bringing it in. It took 14 fucking hours hours. Can you fucking believe that? It was like, just Kodachrome why I do not run a Windows machine. Anyway. So, let's just get straight to our feature um, here in the midst of our fucking, the worst COVID spike. It's not a spike. It's going to be a constant thing. And, uh, if you can, stay home. Stay home and wear a fucking mask. God damn it. More whiskey. Let's get straight to our feature, shall we, Ivor? In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. So. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Our review. It is impossible to talk about this game without bringing up its progenitor. It's almost direct progenitor. Uh, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order wasn't developed by From Software like the game that it's insanely patterned after. uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice which is uh, one of the best games that I played last year. Uh, this game is almost an entire ripoff of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, but it's so it's, it's very difficult to bring up the two games. If you've not played Sekiro and if you've not played Jedi Fallen Order, here's the basic deal. The games are very heavily focused on exploration and precision-based combat. More so in Sekiro than in uh, Star Wars. In Star Wars, 
it's more fo- so Sekiro is more about countering everything and knowing the proper way to counter either with a special move or with a special blocking technique or with a special parrying technique all of that is very much simplified in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order which is great because Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is about you being a force adept um person, human uh, prospective Jedi Knight raises a youngling uh, post the end of episode 3, which for those of you who want the shorthand of it, episode 3 Star Wars, episode 3 ends with um Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader after having lost everything and being betrayed by the Emperor can't shake the devil's hand and say you're only kidding uh, am being fitted into a robotic suit after the destruction of the entire Jedi Order which was like the the backbone of um, law and order throughout the galaxy at the time and all the Jedi are killed by the clone army so there you go probably should have said spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but whatever it's one of the it's the best it's I think it's the best prequel which is not saying a lot but anyway this game happens immediately after that movie so you take on the role of Cal I can't remember what his last name is but He's a very young looking dude. He's like maybe 20. Maybe. Maybe 20. And he works as a shipwright with his friend under imperial control because the empire is this is the these are the seeds of the empire. They have wiped out the Jedi Order. Force adepts, force aware people are absolute pariahs if there are any left you might be the last fucking Jedi. And you're like, you know, maybe 20 years old and you work on ships. And when you save your friend in the very beginning of the game um, by using the Force to save him save him from a, a work accident, the Inquisitors are called, these are the fascist Imperial motherfuckers who, have, who are now devoted as an arm of the newly flourishing empire, as you come to know it in, uh, later on, you know, 20 years later, with Luke Skywalker in Star Wars Episode 4, the empire is flourishing, they have this immense, immense network of, uh, force adepts that they've broken and turned into dark Jedi, essentially. They're not dark Jedi, though. They're not Sith. They are effectively the arms of the Sith and so they break, they capture force any force adepts that they find they torture them and if they don't turn to the to their way of of thinking, they, they kill them and all the Jedi have been eliminated so you accidentally save your friend by using the force and then you have to run because they're coming after you and it's, for starting from this exciting sequence um, at the very beginning of the game, the game is a rocket ship of exploration 
lightsaber. You do not hold a blaster in this entire game. It's a third-person camera, similar to Tomb Raider, similar to Sekiro. Uh, you have to figure out what the fuck you're going to do. You fall in with um, a group of uh, outcasts, including one former Force adept who's a little older than you, uh, and you guys go and try to figure out why the Empire is, why the new Empire is so focused on uh, these specific planets and stuff. There's Indiana, I'm trying to stay as spoiler free as I can. There's a lot of Indiana Jones, there's a lot of Tomb Raider, all of which is wrapped up in a delicious Sekiro style wrapper. So what does that mean? That means that unlike Sekiro though, you don't have fast travel between meditation points, but every time you reach a meditation point, you can restore your health and all of your um, your your stims, your health stims, which give you more health, and we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, but also renews all of the enemies that you've ever killed, except for bosses, when you use them. It's also where you get to upgrade uh, Cal as he reconnects to the force, he gains many, many abilities. I did not actually complete the entire skill tree for this game. I came close. I was uh, one away. The game focuses on predominantly on exploration, locomotion, punctuated with intense moments of extreme combat in overwhelming situations against either um, overwhelming odds just in terms of number of forces in this case stormtroopers or creature flora and fauna native to whatever planet you're on and you can go wherever you want it's a jump boots locked doors style hardcore much more so than than Sekiro um, which has like uh, actual like open endedness to its exploration, this is very much jump boots and locked doors, like you need an ability, and it shows you what ability, it shows you the routes that are available on the map as you look at the 3D map um and color codes them, so like if if something's green, it means that there's like a door or a thing there that you can manipulate in some way if you're clever enough, so it basically means a puzzle that's the other main focus of this game there's a lot of puzzles in this game and some of them are very challenging for me and if you listen to this show then you know that I hate puzzles in games and it's one of the reasons why the original original Tomb Raider is one of my was one of my favorites until you start running around with blocks of granite trying to you know it doesn't make any sense Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order falls into that trap early on, but then after you get past um, this giant puzzle section, it's you know about like five hours, eight hours into the game for me. It's the the second it, for me. It was the second planet that I visited, but you have a choice of which planets to go to and stuff. Um, I found it very irritating, but. Jeff Jeffy Wise did it the other way. He went to the other, other planet that you could go to after your first planet, and uh, he had a much better time of it. 
So what is this game? This game is Sekiro with lightsabers and without a grappling hook. What does that mean? Well, you have two force powers. You can pull and you can push. And you can slow down time. So you have three force powers. You will use them a lot. The other thing that you will use all the time is your lightsaber. You'll use it to illuminate dark areas. You will use it to deflect blaster shots back at the opponent that fired them. You will use it to cut things. You will use it uh, to murder many people in horrifyingly awesome ways. You might be the last Jedi. And you're not a Jedi yet. Along the way, initially, on the first planet, you'll discover a droid who is by far the greatest character in this game. His name is BD-1. BD-1 is a bipedal chicken walker style droid that stands about 0.6 meters tall. I know this because I've taken hundreds of screenshots and many, 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 many notes and measurements because I plan to build scale models of him out of foam, wood, and robotic elements um, using an Arduino kit. Depending on how he has no arms, he looks like a cross between Wally and uh, he has no arms, but he can use his hand. He can use on his feet. He's bipedal. He stands on his tiptoes about yeah, point six meters tall. So I'd say you know maybe just around two meters, two feet tall on his tiptoes. But he spends most of his life scrunched up in smaller to a smaller size. His head can rotate 360 degrees like an owl's. Um, it has a multifunctional display on the back. One of his eyes is a hollow projector. The other one is just an eye. He also has a stim canister ejector thing built into the side of his head. His body itself is tiny. Uh, you're thinking, okay, a robot with no hands, that sounds so stupid. But then, if you think about R2-D2, who is not the number one greatest droid, the number one greatest droid ever in the Star Wars universe is L-337, Leet, who becomes the brain of the Millennium Falcon, the nav computer in the Millennium Falcon. She is my favorite droid of all time. She's the greatest droid of all time. There's never been a, in the books, the movies, the comic books, in role-playing source books, there is no cooler fucking droid in L-337 than Leet. Leet is my favorite. Second to Leet, L-337, who I fucking 3D printed a model I designed of. Um, she She's by far my favorite. Second to her, it's not uh, DB-1, it is BD-1. And it is not C-3PO, not R2-D2, not the Gonk Droid. Gonk Droid is my third favorite, by the way. And then, from... Anyway! Bottom line is that BD-1 is not just like a persistent character, is like an inventory kind of thing. He literally sits on your shoulder, and he looks around. He runs around you. He does all sorts of shit. He is smarter than you. He is the person who analyzes um, artifacts and shit. 
uh, he'll he'll jump off your shoulder, and he's so fast. He's a tiny little tiny little droid, um, but he has all the charm of Wally, and his face kind of looks like Wally. Um, and he's 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 brilliant because his little chicken walker feet, his little chicken walker legs, which are they can rotate three hundred sixty degrees. He can balance on one foot because uh, one half of his claws actually are articulated so they can grip onto stuff so he can balance on one foot and like use his other foot as a hand he can do all sorts of shit from opening up boxes and slicing shit to scanning shit for you he also generally sits on your shoulder and he does all sorts of shit while, he, while he's on your shoulder from picking off lint from your poncho to I mean he's he's always animated he's always looking around He's always shifting position when you, like, for instance, like, if you emergency roll out of, like, uh, an unblockable attack, BD will be on your shoulder. He will do something. He will anticipate that you're gonna roll and he will roll with you. He'll, like, jump off and spin or flip or he'll hold on tight. It's it's amazing. He's the one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a video game in my life period. They spent so much time on this model, it is amazing, and the design is fantastic, etc. I'm gonna be, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to make a scale model of him. And then the back of his head is a multifunctional uh, display that's like an LED display, and it tells you kind of what he's thinking. He can also communicate via standard R2-D2 chirps. He is the star of this fucking game that and your lightsaber and eventually once you start to really like Cal and you will start to really like Cal although some of the major plot elements in the game become incomprehensible it's hard not to find yourself becoming overwhelmed by this game's magnificent perfume of phenomenal phenomenal environments amazing combat sequences incredible combat capabilities with you and your lightsaber um there is nothing like a dame there's nothing like killing seven stormtroopers eventually there is nothing like pulling a stormtrooper who's like aiming a missile at you you freeze the missile in slow time you pull him using force pull directly to you like Darth Vader then you throw him into his friends which knocks him into the missile etc and then the actual lightsaber combat is reductionist but snappy fun and exciting one of my biggest complaints about the game is that there is no way to sheathe your lightsaber he just does it whenever he feels like it. But you you have to draw your lightsaber uh, and it's amazing how fast, responsive and uh, beautiful the animations are. Um, it's very much Sekiro with lightsabers. Simplified, though. There are... This game is nowhere near as difficult or as frustrating as Sekiro. Let's go back to BD-1. One other thing, like I, I kept mentioning that he sits on your shoulder, on your back, kind of, very much like Yoda. And you look very much like Luke on Dagobah. I'm serious, throughout the game. Even as you upgrade your ponchos, as you discover new ways to customize your lightsaber, um, 
which start at the beginning with a full series of options. You can change the emitter, uh, the color of the blade, um, the actual material that it's made out of, all of which has no influence in the game or the gameplay other than cosmetically, but which is really cool because the game has a very solid feeling to it. Now, when you look at a map, which you will spend a lot of time doing, unlike in Sekiro, BD1 actually projects, he leans over your shoulder and projects onto the ground a 3D representation, a holographic representation of the map where you are. This has interesting limiting fa- uh, factors to it, such as when you're swimming or when you're swinging from vines or when you're wall running. BD1 can't project ahead of you magically while you're doing that. Also, it has implications in terms of in combat. You have to make sure that everything is clear before you look at the map. Now, the map is Jeff, Jeffy Wise, I think I, I kind of agree with him, but he, he's not a veteran of Sekiro, so he doesn't know how hard this game could have been and I don't mean that in like a insulting or diminutive way I mean that in like a thank god he has no idea how hard this game could have been this game is not that difficult the exploration and the puzzles can be a little uh, difficult and a little tiresome especially uh, especially on certain planets where the actual geography that you're exploring, such as on Kashyyyk, which is where I went for my second plan, don't go to Kashyyyk. Go to Dorthamir. Or whatever. And you'll die a lot there, but you want to do that first. That's not a spoiler alert. That's just a command from me, your friend, Skooky Sprite. Um, Kashyyyk is kind of a ridiculous fucking map. It doesn't make any sense but it is punctuated with profound amounts of combat and jumps you into the game's overall uh, design aesthetic in a way that's ridiculous, insulting, and somewhat tedious and that's unfortunate because of Kashyyyk, the first time you go to Kashyyyk, I downgrade this game a full point on a scale of 1 to 10 so instead of being a 9, it's an 8 that having been said if you like Star Wars, if you like wielding a lightsaber, if you like... And the story, by the way, the story and the uh, the combat, the combat is not as tight as Sekiro. It's also not as difficult. Um, you, If you get frustrated during the combat in this game, then you need to grow some balls. Like, I mean, I beat it in 34 hours on... I think hard, like medium hard. Can't remember. And I uninstalled it, and it's a big install, so I can't check right now because I want to get this out before midnight tonight. If you like Sekiro, Sekiro, but thought that it was too meticulous, too precise, everything had to be done in terms of, like, you know, actual combat, every counter, every flash guard, every parry was tiresome for you uh, and you didn't want to spend the the time to master them, which is a perfectly reasonable and rational thought. I did. 
I spent the time, but I could see how very much how many people will never get into that game. Uh, they'll buy it, they'll try it, but they will not get into that game and they will never get even one third, one one eighth as far as I got in that game. I never beat it. I'm at the end, but I never beat it. I, cause I just, I do not want to beat it. Um, I get that way sometimes. Uh, and I logged lots of hours in that game. That game is a hard fucking game. That game is one of, the, that game has the hardest boss fight I've ever fought in my life, I think. My entire life. It took me nine hours to defeat that boss. Over like three days. Five hours, three hours, and then like three hours. So it's like easily 185 hours. It's like 11 hours. It took me nine hours. Like three hours, two hours, and two hours. Something like that. And I thought that was going to be the end of the game in Sekiro. But it's not. That's the exact middle of the game. And that's where you really learn how to become a swordsman. Nothing like that is required of you in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The plot is a little confusing, a little difficult to follow. The actual environments and the models are phenomenal. There is nothing like barreling into a group of eight stormtroopers with, you know, uh, crystal-based uh, prods so they can deflect your your lightsaber and just destroying them I mean killing the shit out of them same thing with other major uh, things that you fight in the game all of which look uh, magnificent the environments are just wow they will blow your mind and BD1 all the time you'll, you'll be watching him he's phenomenal there are some bad things about this game one, the puzzles are hard I thought the puzzles were hard I hate all puzzles and I hate all puzzle games and I hate games that have puzzles in them so when I say that they're hard they're probably mind-bendingly stupid easy for a normal, for a person with normal intelligence I happen to have subnormal intelligence I had to cheat several times well only twice, really. And that's because I was on the live stream and I was drunk in stone and I wanted to beat the fucking game at that point. That was like 30 hours in. Um, eventually the story will fucking crush you. It is a really good story. <coughs> and it <coughs> it drives to what I feel was a very satisfying ending. Um, you will love your lightsaber you will love being Cal you do not hold a blaster in this game there are no grenades that you use you use the force and your lightsaber and your wits and your friends and uh, yeah I'm trying not to tell you anything about the story but it's it's one part Indiana Jones, one part Star Wars, one part Sekiro, one part Tomb Raider. And it's really good. It's really good. Uh, I cannot give it, I don't think, are the highest award, you know, the highest honor that, that this show can bestow upon any game. The 
Best Linux Games podcast, worth full price, all price, any price, any day, every day, all days, any year, forever. I don't think it can... It's because there are some flaws. The combat being imprecise is a... While that makes the game easier to play, uh, eventually the game tries to, at the very end, tries to ratchet up the precision. Um, There are also the good old-fashioned uh, 3D uh, platformer quandary of is this platform with me and away, or is it to my left and immediately in front of me, you know, ISO, ortho, projection problem. There's some problems with that. There's some things that could be stickier, especially in terms of the vines, that are not, there's some upgrades there's some geography that is just makes no sense there are many, many, many immensely memorable sequences in this game like being a spoiler alert, being able to drive an ATAT on Kashyyyk is just incredible um, most of the lightsaber combat is very good it's not as crisp as it could be but by the same token, you don't have to get to Sekiro levels of absolute precision and timing in terms of your attacks. It's a much easier game than Sekiro. In fact, to compare the degree of difficulty is insulting to both games. There, There is no comparison. But the exact structure of both games is almost identical except you don't have a grappling hook. You do have BD1 though. And you have the Force. And so, because of those conceits, they make it, they do an interesting job of balancing out those conceits. It's a game for swordsmen, but it's not a complex sword playing game. See what I'm saying? You have the force, and you have full access to it, pretty much, from the very beginning. So, how are they going to challenge you? They do, and they find ways. And they do. The combat, you will die many times in combat. And most of the time, you will die for good reasons. Most of the time. Some of the time, you will not. That is one of the differences between this game and Sekiro. But it's a fair trade-off. Here's the thing. While this game... While I can't... I really... Not in good conscience. I can't give this game the ultimate award that we can give. I will tell you this. If you like Star Wars at all, if you like lightsabers at all, if you like Tomb Raider at all, if you like Sekiro at all, any, if any of those things are true, if you like Metroidvania at all, if you like um, the Force at all, if you like the Star Wars universe at all, you will love this game. I think that uh, friend of the show, Bird on Wheels, Le on Wheels! I don't know. Alexa, how do you say wheels in French? Wheels in French is Oh. Mm. Well, roll is not a word that I remember from French, but say Le Wazon <laughs> Bird on the windmill. Um he said it best when he saw that I was playing it. We keep in touch, he's not a big fan of this show. He's more uh, a friend of mine from Steam, I think, but uh, we have a lot in common. 
And uh, he saw that I was playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and he said to me, he said, go to Dathomir, you know, blah, which I tried to do, but I didn't, because then I went to Kashyyyk instead. Um, but he also said, I'm so glad that you're playing this, because I know that you're a fan of Star Wars. There is... There is a lot to experience in this game. And it's great. It is great. It's a roller coaster. It's not perfect. But it is phenomenal. The there are many parts of it are perfect. The the game as a whole though is not perfect. Um the story eventually becomes incredibly compelling and there are things in this game that you will never forget, including BD1. Uh, and so that's it. That's that's our that's our, I love this game. I love this game. I give it a strong eight out of ten. A very solid eight out of ten. Maybe an eight point five out of ten. Like if, if there just been a couple more Q and A passes in certain areas, but it's a big game. It is a lot of geography. Um, a lot of which you'll find that the puzzle is actually the, the geography itself, which is something I love. That's what the Tomb Raider reboot did. The 2013 Tomb Raider reboot did so well. Was took away all the, but then the game like gets lazy in some parts. In some, but it's not sequential. Like it's 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 a great game. It's a great game. And if you like Star Wars, lightsabers, sword fighting, the Force, or Sekiro. If you like that type of game, this game will blow your mind. It's great. And right now, through July 9th, it's 50% off at $29.99. It does require all of the uh, fixes mentioned previously in at the top of this show, uh, with the exception of Glorious Agrol. Glorious Agrol does nothing for this game. Uh, I'll be back next week, hopefully with an iPad again. And I just... Spoiler free, I have to tell you it's been a long time since I was so deeply moved by so many aspects of a game story. I'm a sucker for Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Um, But it's the last fifth of this game is really something special luckily I live streamed it all um luckily uh having this covid fucking beard which I shaved off last month but it's growing bad I'm getting old getting very old um luckily the glasses and the beard hid the tears I mean I spent probably five hours just tears streaming down just constantly playing the game last five hours I think I was pretty much pretty much a wreck. It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> so for as incomprehensible as the story seems to be, uh, you know, when you start, there are moments that are, like, more or less incomprehensible. Like, why am I on this planet? And what am I looking for? But it doesn't matter. You just kind of go with the flow, and you do the things, and then eventually the game, like, clicks on. It's like they, they hired the writers to write the last fifth of the game, and it's so good. It's really good.
story-wise. Uh, and you'll like it a lot. So for our deals, uh, by the way, uh, before we go, just to sketch them out for you, Titanfall 2, 10 bucks. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, 10 bucks. Injustice 2, Legendary Edition, Injustice 2 is 70% off at $17.99. Um, Battlefield 5 Year 2 Edition is $24.99. Furious Angels is $1.99, 60% off. Sonic Generations Collection is a dollar. Mark of the Ninja Remastered, 55% off, $8.99. And then there's Sea of Thieves, which now finally runs. Uh, and and jump in Titanfall 2. Find me on Steam, friend me on Steam. My name is Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E, or jump in our Discord. We will fucking play some Titanfall 2. It is awesome. Also, Hades is out there. Um... Lots of games. Big week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I will hopefully catch you next week. And then we'll do like a real rundown of all the deals. And meanwhile, cards is still fantastic and completely free. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs> more I hear, the more I think about it. I mean, I, I I stayed up all night last night just to beat Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I knew I had to, even though I logged so many hours, I knew that I had to beat the game before I did a review. Ultimately, the game is about game has a lot of really good messages about life. A lot of it's it's a really good game, very moving. I'm I'm tearing up just thinking about it. You'll like it if you like Star Wars. Cheers! Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damien. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman.
the best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.